guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard? I want to thank our sponsors for their dedication to the mission and their incredible generosity. Custom Concrete Specialists, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, PML Construction, Make You Safe Wearables, SRP Environmental, and Liquid Trucking Company. Thank you all, and now, today's episode. I think we're recording. Hi, we're on. Hi, guys, this is Doug, and you're back to What's the Hazard? It is uh, Friday. What's the date today? The 20, 22nd, maybe. 22nd. My guest today, this mug right here, if you're watching, <laughs> if you're watching, turn off the TV and put it on radio. <laughs> we both have radio faces, Sound think, only. don't we? That's right. <laughs> it's good to see you, man. <laughs> you this too. is my friend Brian Wood, uh, Region 7 OSHA, Labor Liaison, Compliance Assistance Specialist. Both of those. Both of those. Yeah. Anything else that I... That's it. All right, man. Thank you for being here. Yeah, appreciate it. You had to it. drive up from Kansas City. Yes, sir. First of all, you had to get permission to drive up from Kansas City, probably from your wife and your boss. <laughs> Correct. That's so, right. <laughs> and you've been up here for a few days working with the local office with Dan Dwyer of the yeah. CAS here in Omaha. Right. Awesome, man. Yeah. It's good to see you. Yeah, you too. It's been too long. It's been fun. Yeah. Been yeah. looking forward to this just uh, to see you. Uh-huh. I mean, really, I have. Yeah, just to see what if you don't know. care to do this podcast, but <laughs> I, I, know, I just man. wanted to see Doug Fletcher. No, it, it is interesting. Um, we're going to do an OSHA update, basically kind of a Region 7 update. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the region. I know the, the agency as a whole has some emphasis programs and some areas that they, wanna, they, want, they want you to talk about a little bit, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, and I, I will tell you, in my time with the agency, some of the most popular things that I did as the CAS or even when we would appear at conferences and things, OSHA updates. Everybody wants to hear from OSHA. They want to hear from the agency and understand what what the emphasis areas are, what they should be focusing on. Um, I don't, Unfortunately, we don't get to do that very often, so I sincerely appreciate your coming up here to do this. Uh, everybody will appreciate it. But let's let's start a little bit with the backstory, man. I, you actually had a, had a real job for a while before <laughs> right. coming to OSHA. That's Talk right. a little bit about your background and how you got to the agency. So I uh, was a union electrician, worked in construction for 10 years. Um, and through the IBW, I'm a member of IBW Local 725 out of Terre Haute, Indiana. And through my involvement there, I was involved with my local safety committee. Oh, nice. Okay. I taught the OSHA 10 and 30 to our members, um, ended up going back to school, National Labor College, to get my degree in safety and health. No and, shit. So yeah. explain yeah. that a little bit. I'm not even familiar with that. National okay. Labor College? Yep. It's, it's no longer in existence. It went, I believe, bankrupt. But okay. it was um, kind of supported by the AFL-CIO. Okay. And if your union was affiliated with the AFL-CIO, you got reduced tuition. So a lot of it was online. I actually had to go out there. It was in Silver Spring, Maryland, was the campus. And uh, to do my senior thesis. Mm -hmm. And um, through that, I got to meet my senior advisor. And she happened to know somebody with OSHA and encouraged me to apply for a Department of Labor job, is is what she said, not specifically with OSHA. Mm -hmm. But through my involvement with the IBW uh, Safety Caucus, my local would send me to wherever that was held. And they would do that twice a year. And I met some labor liaisons with OSHA hmm. and got to network with them and know them. And uh, in 2008 or nine, uh, one of them was going to Region 8 Denver, replacing the labor liaison there. He was also an IBW member, Chris Matthewson, you may oh, know. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I know Chris. Yeah. 
I didn't know that. So he announced that there were five uh, OSHA regions that were going to fill the labor liaison position. So being from Indiana, I applied for the one in Chicago because mm-hmm. that was region close, five, closer yeah. to home for mm-hmm. me. And I didn't get that position. And then the Kansas City one opened up. So I applied and ended up getting that one. Nice, man. man. It was cool. That's Very fantastic. Cool. I did not know the d- level of detail. I knew that you were an electrician, mm-hmm. and I knew that you had come to us. I'd been with the agency for 10 or 12 years when you arrived, okay. but um, I knew that you had a background in the trades. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that you had gone through all of that training, and you had that education behind as well. Yeah. That's fantastic. And now I told Dan this yesterday, because Dan and I did a lot of outreach with unions, Um you know, he didn't really know about unions until he came to work for OSHA, mm-hmm. being retired military, and um, was telling him that we, when you and I did outreach with some unions up here years ago, that I remember you making the comment that the lingo that I used, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize I was using it, right, mm-hmm. that that you have with trade folks. No doubt, man. And uh, It is a I, language. It Everybody is has their own language, and if you don't speak the language you're obviously an outsider. So having right. someone who speaks the language is incredibly helpful. And I think in that position, it, the labor liaison position is unique, and it gives you that credibility that with those folks, anyway, that hey, this guy's been there, he's done that type of work, and mm-hmm. and now he works for the agency. And so do you have, like, secret handshakes and stuff? Or? <laughs> I can't show you that. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's awesome, but, man. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm so That's... glad to hear that. And I'm um, glad that you were able to get Dan in front of some of these folks and yep. introduce him. It was very difficult for me as well. I can remember when trying to, you know, initiate those conversations and make those introductions. Right. You know, being from OSHA, obviously they wanted to have some kind of a relationship, but working with, I had not been in a union prior to OSHA, actually. I was in the government union, whatever that was called. American Federation. And I just joined the union truthfully because I think my boss was trying to. Like fire me. So (laughs) I was was like, Phil, Phil, how do I join the, or maybe it was Seth at the time was, uh, the uh, union rep in the office, okay. I think Phil Pasali is that. Yeah, now. he's the steward. Yep, he's the steward. Yeah, yep. so I ran with my tail between my legs for help. <laughs> I have to admit it, but <laughs> and they were very helpful. It was good. Yeah, and so yes. talk about your position a little bit: the labor liaison position, the compliance assistance position. Kansas City is the regional office. For those that don't know, Region Seven right. covers Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, and Iowa. And so what, what is a typical day for you? What do you, what do you do for the agency? Um, a lot of outreach and education, you know, we're non-enforcement. So we, we work with both employers and workers and just, um, and I guess my niche would be worker rights Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. And Mm -hmm. I try to, although I will reach out to employers, I try to reach labor unions Mm -hmm. as well as worker advocacy centers. Those that are, um, advocating for workers mm-hmm. that we consider underserved or vulnerable mm-hmm. populations and make sure that they know their rights with OSHA, you know, how yeah. to file a complaint, um, who can file a complaint, you know, mm-hmm. that, that type of thing. Cause and even with unions, I think what happens with OSHA, and this is my thoughts as a union electrician, um, people with that's been around with OSHA think unions just know their rights. You know, they, they think they know OSHA and that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that's, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the trades, especially, you know, you might have an election every three years. So those relationships you've built are now, they're no longer in that position. So you have to constantly, okay. you know, build those relationships and make sure that the new administration that comes into that union 
knows their rights, know that they have the right to participate when OSHA shows up Absolutely. on the job site, you know? And uh, just know who you are. I mean, you are serving as their liaison if they need if they need to interact with the agency. Right. They should be contacting you oftentimes to initiate that. Yeah. And I encourage them to do that, you know, and, and, and that's just part of the relationship building. If you don't yeah. have that relationship, they're not going to reach out to you. Just yesterday when, when Dan and I went, we went into an IBW local 265 there in Lincoln, mm-hmm. and uh, we told them we were here with OSHA, here to meet with the business manager, and the guy jokingly tried to slide the uh, the glass <laughs> <laughs> OSHA. So, you know, and they have that misconception about OSHA. Of course, OSHA, man. You know? Everyone does. Yeah. And that's nice. And But once you have that relationship and they know there is someone that they can reach out to, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the compliance assistance position. You are non-threatening. Right. You're not a, an enforcement person. You're even though you may be located in an enforcement office, you're not really the enforcement person. Right. And sometimes that feels safer. Yeah, know? it does, and it's just articulating that to your audience that that is the case. Mm-hmm. And it's still you have to build that relationship so that they truly understand it because you go in and say that, you're still with OSHA, sure. right? Yeah. And, and they don't understand that OSHA has another side other than enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, relationship building is, I think, a big part of it. No doubt. And it's I thought just... it was really a huge part of it. In fact, I petitioned my boss at the time a number of times to just dedicate two or three more compliance officers to the outreach. And I thought we could do a significantly better job of you know, interacting with the community yeah. than just hammering them all the time, right. you know, but yeah. I, that was denied, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but, and probably wasn't appropriate for the mission anyway, frankly, but sure. I think we could, I think outreach was really useful and it's important. Yep. Right. So you touched on something. I don't want to put you on the spot here, yep. even though I think I'd enjoy it. <laughs> so but one of the things, uh, accompanied visits, I know there is some I don't know if it's a proposed rulemaking or there's some things going on within the within the agency about um, non-union facilities, uh, the employees having the right to have an accompanied visit if OSHA shows up. And that might be, I don't know if that's dictated by the compliance officer, if they feel that the employees need representation. This is not, are you familiar with what I'm? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, I, I know a it's not a done rule. deal. Yeah, proposed. Right. But. It is. It's uh, employee walk around representative. Yeah. Proposed rule. And from what I understand, they've tried this in the past. It didn't, I it didn't do go recall. Through. Yeah. And, and so what is it? What is it talking about, basically? Just a third party can be the representative for workers on um, any site, whether it's construction or general industry. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be a union person mm-hmm. that's that walk around representative. It could be um, a worker advocacy center um, like Nebraska Appleseed, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. you know, those types of people that might be advocating for those workers. And, and you're right. It doesn't change the fact that the compliance officer does have the say in who is that representative Ultimately, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. participates. And if they're not going to add value to the inspection, they're not going to be, you know, allowed to participate. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I, I certainly, employees are not always well represented during the walk around in, you know, facilities that don't have union representation right? or smaller facilities oftentimes. And so I don't, you know, they don't really have a voice. You walk around exactly. typically as a compliance officer with a representative of the company who is certainly has a bias sure, to the outcome. Sure. And so it's yeah. an interesting proposal. 
I don't yeah. know the magnitude of it, and I, I, I'm not really, I'm not well versed in it to know, you know, what the pros and cons of that might be, or what, you know, why people would be opposed to it. But I think it's interesting. Yeah, and I don't, I haven't read the, the complete rule, but um, it will be interesting to see if it goes through. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I never read anything until it was a done deal. I just didn't have time to read all the proposals and yeah. things when I was working for the agency, man. Yep. Well, so let's talk a little bit about some of the emphasis programs, some of the things the agency is doing. Um, any in particular that you want to f- focus on? or? Uh, well, currently what we've been doing outreach on is warehousing. There's a national emphasis program on warehousing. Yeah, are we just, is it just like beating up on Amazon or is it more than that? <laughs> I, it's more than that. Okay. Um, and it even gets into um, retail establishments with high injury illness rates. Okay. Uh, which can be your your home centers, hardware stores, oh, yeah. grocery stores, you know. Um, so it includes that. It's it's kind of broad, um, but that's one thing you know we've been meeting with the Teamsters on mm-hmm. uh, because it affects a lot of their members and just ensuring that they know their rights and how to participate if OSHA shows up to do inspections. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure their stewards are trained. Um, it's interesting that warehousing. Well, particularly these huge uh, mega centers now that like the Amazons and some of those yeah, distribution centers, huge distribution centers. I, I don't think they even view themselves the same as maybe like a manufacturing facility. I'm not sure they even consider themselves to be regulated oftentimes, you know, I mean, and grocery stores. I don't know about you, man, but I've, I've spent much of my uh, professional life. When I see something going on in a facility like a grocery store or something, I might say something to the manager. You really can't have that 12-year-old using <laughs> the meat slicer or whatever, right, you know. Right, Things like that. I don't think they really even think about it sometimes. Yeah. And so I think I think that's true. You know, I've, I just – we were speaking earlier, and I told you I have a 15-year-old. He had his first job uh, after after the end of school last year. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn, uh, you know, Bomb the, tech or what was he doing? <laughs> yeah. No, it was a, a very, it was a very good first job. He was mm-hmm. working at a restaurant, just to, seating people, mm-hmm. you know, nice. so he would come in and he yep. would set you good. Um, so it was a good first job for him. Good experience to meet other people, people older than him and mm-hmm. that, but I had to learn because, you know, he's working nights on weekends, you know, what, what can they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to educate myself as a parent on what he's allowed to do. And I had to, you know, ask him questions. What are you doing there oh, daily? For you, you know, yeah. I mean, because I, I do care about him. Oh, of course. Um, and I think that's something parents can do is educate themselves. Because here I work for the Department of Labor with OSHA, but there's regulations, as you're well aware of, that we don't enforce. Right. That, that can affect their safety oh. and health, you know, um, the hours they work. Mm-hmm. Is it affect? And I told him, once it starts affecting your grades, you oh, know, yeah. you may be quitting. Right. And uh, you know how it is with new hire people. They're often injured on the job, you know. And, and think about young workers. They're going to be new hires probably multiple times mm-hmm. a year, that kind of thing. Um, and just knowing, educating them on their rights, um, they're going to be afraid to speak up probably most of the time because they're new. They want to do the right thing. They want to impress their boss, their Absolutely. coworkers. And so it's just instilling some confidence, I guess, in them. And that's what mm-hmm. I had to do with my son and say, hey, you know, you can't work past this hour. You know, so if they're going to keep you, just tell them you're, you're done working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am so glad you said that, man. I think 
I think it is incumbent upon all parents to at least do a little bit of research and investigation about those things. There are every state, and I know the feds probably wage an hour. Some of those organizations have prohibited activities. So, you know, once you're 18, you're basically cleared to do just about any job. But there are certain jobs you cannot do between 14 and 15 years of age or 16, 17 years of age. Oftentimes, um, things like you roofing, you can't be on the roof or, you know, even operating heavy machinery or being in a trench, all sorts of activities. And I don't think most parents... Really, or even the hours, as you said, you're. Yeah. If you're in school, you're limited to certain a number of hours every week, day, every day, day. Yeah. and you can't work past a certain time. I think it's seven at night. Mm-hmm. You can't work past seven during school nights. Yeah. Uh, and then that changes in the summertime. But yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a lot that again I had to educate yeah. myself on. Yeah. And thank goodness I have wage and hour contacts, so I could call and right. ask those. But not everybody has that resource, so it's mm-hmm. just no one. But they can certainly find the number and call wait. Yeah, hour, absolutely. If not, you yep. know, if not, and oftentimes you can speak to a human being. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, when exactly. you call the office, but it's all on the internet too. I've I've searched it out for people that were asking in the past, and if you dig a little bit, you can find those things. Yeah, it's, but it's pretty simple. But, generally. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, the young worker safety thing I know has always been an, an emphasis area for the agency. The thing that I see frequently is. Young people are coming from their first job. Maybe they're, you know, yeah. working at a restaurant as a host or a hostess or something or customer service. And now they're in an industrial setting. Right. And that terrifies me. Right. No, you know, for real. They yeah. are just so unfamiliar with equipment and forklifts and all of the things that go with, you know, more industrial settings. Right. They're just totally oblivious and they kind of walk around with this little tunnel vision thing going on, and it really scares me. Yeah. No, that's why it's important for employers to make sure that, you know, youth and communicating with them differently. Mm-hmm. You know, they are new. They want to do – they mm-hmm. want to keep that job, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to they're gonna be risk-taking. Um, they're going to do things they probably shouldn't. So it's making sure that they don't take those risks and tell them, tell them why, you know. Yeah. Tell them that this could injure you. You know, by law, we can't have you do this. Right. Um, just in our region alone, uh, we've had some youth injuries and uh, even some fatalities. Horrific. And man. so, yeah, it There's is nothing bad. worse than that. It, it's not. And that's why it's an emphasis. And if you've watched the news, this has been some time ago, but a, con- a cleaning contractor, you know, at a meatpacking facilities mm-hmm. throughout the U.S., not, mm-hmm. not just one, uh, was recently cited for child labor laws. And I'm hiring underage kids, children or young people I as should young say. as 13 years old. Yeah. You know, with all kinds of PPE on cleaning with hazardous chemicals. chemicals yeah. And around all of that dangerous equipment, packing right. houses have a, an interesting assortment of equipment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That, it, that, that does terrify me. And I think, again, you're, you're hitting on some really interesting points, but young Anyone, I don't, it, it's not exclusively limited to young people, but anyone who's new to an environment has no idea what the hazards are. You know, that, we, we, we just generalize, hey, work safely and shut up, you know, right. and with no idea what that means and no, yeah. no communication of what hazards exist in that work. And that's the employer's responsibility. They need to, they're required to communicate those hazards to all employees, but particularly young people. Come on. Well, not only communicate them, but but teach them how to recognize hazards, and especially youth. Maybe maybe you can't teach them how to abate it. Hopefully, you can. 
But if they can't, then teach them who to talk to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, a, a mentoring kind of a system, somebody that's been there longer, you know, like you or um, and how to just teach them the ropes. You mm-hmm. know, what what can I do? What can I not do? And then if something happens, who should I say something to so that they're not afraid of, of being fired or, you know, right. every, even workers that are not young are often afraid to say something because they don't want to be retaliated against. Right. You know? Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize that OSHA covers whistleblower statutes, you Mm -hmm. know, and protects workers for doing that. I mean, it's, you're required to report injuries. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people don't. And I'm guilty of that working in construction. You know, it's a tough guy mentality. You don't want to report a a cut on your finger, but what if that injury gets worse over time and you Mm -hmm. didn't report it? Um, it only hurts you by not reporting. Yeah, there, there's a lot of work that is ego-driven, certainly. And it sure is. As you yeah. said, young people, they want to look like they are doing the right thing. They want to, you know, they want to impress the boss. They want to, you know, I, I was speaking to a young man yesterday, in fact, at a facility that I was visiting, and he was so excited. I, I, I recognized him as being new. I had been there before, and I said, hey, man, uh, how's it going? And he's like, oh, it's great. You know, he means I'm, I make $5 more an hour then I made it Subway, and I'm thinking, well, you were putting fucking bologna on a sandwich at Subway, and now you're running, you know, big, expensive, dangerous equipment. So yeah. you're probably entitled to five dollars an hour more, but let's right. not let's not lose focus on the safety you know, what aspect. we're doing. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm glad you're excited. And, well, that's a good point. I mean, that's what they're thinking about, right? They're thinking about that money. Yeah. And most people do. That's why we go to work, right? So he's that, literally adding up his paycheck yeah. in his head while he's running the meat, <laughs> right. the flesh ripper exactly. offer, you know? And not thinking about yeah. what can injure you. And that's the educational piece that comes into play for the employer, the parents, mm-hmm. you know, even teachers in schools can start, you know, implementing that thing. And we're no trying to reach out. I am personally to more schools. We do a lot of career fairs, as you know, you know, we've done that, but I actually want to get in front of the students good for you, and make sure they know their rights. And a lot of high schools are doing the OSHA 10. Yes. You know, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, but that, that seemed like when I was doing it, there seemed like so many things that we were doing just for the, the visual, exactly. You know, the optics of doing these certain things. But when we did 10 hour classes for high school students, or even just spoke with them for an hour, right. It, I, it really felt like that was something that was worthwhile. So good for you. Yeah, and I'm still breaking barriers at this point with mm-hmm. it, but trying to get, trying to actually get in front of the youth. Mm-hmm. You know, besides sitting at a table, like you said, for the optics and right, and just kind of giving them a brochure and telling them mm-hmm. a little bit about OSHA. Yeah, man. Um, really making sure they understand their rights, mm-hmm. and, and that's what you know. Construction workers; these are adults that take the OSHA ten, and when I go to a union for example, and ask them, I say, who in here knows how to file a complaint with OSHA? Very few raise their hand. And Mm -hmm. they've all had the OSHA 10. Some of them have even had the 30. Mm -hmm. But they don't, it's one of those classes that it's not high priority, right? Because they're learning the trade. Safety is just... um, It's almost like an add-on. It shouldn't be, I mean, there shouldn't be separate safety training. That should be incorporated in the instruction of how to do the work. Right. You know, so like if you're a welder or electrician, whatever that is, you should learn how to weld safely. Yeah. And the hazards associated with welding. Yeah, exactly. So I I really don't, I think there's a gap there in that when you are doing the safety training as an add-on to learning the job. Right. They should be inseparable, right? Yeah. Yep. I I did a 
program for a while with Skills USA. Yeah, I've heard of them. Have you had an opportunity to get in front of that group? It's it, kind of a, it's a, like a student, uh, it's a, like a little bit of a contest type yeah, of a thing. I and, have. They used to do a competition at Bartle Hall in Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was a good group. I can remember, you know, they did a, the Nebraska competition would be held out, I think maybe in Columbus, Nebraska at the fairgrounds or something. And I would go out there and they'd cram 300 students into this big hall and I would give an hour presentation. And I'm not sure how effective it was, you know, putting grandpa in front of, you know, (laughs) 300 students who are all, you know, they're having a great time. You know, they're all in the city and they're, and they're competing for they're to competing, go to so, the national level too. Yeah. So, but there right. were a series of videos. I think they were out of Canada, maybe, but they were these kind of uh, they were they were um, just videos of accidents. So like, so they showed the person carrying hot grease and slipping on the restaurant floor and burning themselves, or they yeah. showed someone falling from a ladder. And um, while they were they were just um, somewhat comical, they were really powerful i mean the the kids actually focused in on those they didn't really listen to what grandpa was saying and i get it (laughs) sure you know but man those were really impactful i thought there there are ways part of the problem is communicating with young people is i'm not sure a language that i really understand anymore right you know so well social media is a tool that that osha is starting to use are you yeah they have at the national level Mm -hmm. and we can submit things regionally if we want to promote something Mm -hmm. um but yeah, they're using uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, and um, Instagram. No kidding. And so, like Heat, you know, the Heat National Emphasis Program yes. that we have out. Uh, we also have a an alliance with Lamar Sign Company, so they mm-hmm. they let us put things up if they have availability. Um, and then also just putting that on Twitter, you know, just those short nice clips and. And re- so I don't actually do Twitter, man. Are I don't you? either. I nope. The only one that I do is I, LinkedIn, and I can just barely stand that. Right. I'm the same you way. Know? I'm not I mean, on it's just almost insufferable. Never but, have been. But it serves a purpose, and I get it that all of those I, others serve a purpose for the users of those sure. platforms as well. Well, that, like you said, communicating with youth, right? Yeah. That, that's how they communicate. How else are we going to get to them? Right. So good for the and, agency. And I, I thought so, too. It's an effective tool, and it reaches so much more people right. with a short, you know, the attention span's not as great. So right. it's just getting that quick And so is there out. like a 17-year-old working in the national office now running that program? <laughs> or how, how are they managing that? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't know how old she is, but she is really good <laughs> is at she? it. Good she good for her? Yeah, she is. And, and she's quick, even if we have short turnarounds. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that's solely there for social media. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because that's, I mean, as you said, you have to meet people where they are. Right. And that that's really about the only way we're going to get to young people, yeah. hopefully, you know, so good Believe for the it agency. or not, the agency's thinking outside what? the box, so I'm telling you, it's, it's good. <laughs> that is awesome, And man. it's probably the younger. You know, I'm turning into a grandpa, too, here. I so, know, uh, man. How old are you? 51. Oh, my God. So not, not yet, but You're I'm, not I'm, a grandpa. I'm Well, I mean, that doesn't mean <laughs> physiologically that couldn't happen for you, but I know your son is a young man, so yeah. <laughs> we'll give it 10 more years. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not ready. And so another thing that you commented on, which is another program that has been probably, you know, it's been running hard for about six months over the summer is the HEAT program which I know the agency has taken great interest in, and I know the local area office here has done an – we had a really intense summer at times, you know, long stretches of hot weather. Right. And I know the guys were out. Um, there were National Weather Service 
heat warning triggers in the program that the guys would actually go out and visit sites and evaluate heat programs. And I'm interested in finding out what the results of that will be. I mean, it'll take a while yeah. to tabulate all of that. Sure. But hopefully it's having an impact. Yeah. What, I, what, was your, what, what were you doing for that kind of stuff? Were you out with, with the, uh, with the um, locals and some of the other? Yeah, teaching them. You talking know, that, about heat. You know, an understanding that OSHA doesn't have a standard for heat currently, mm-hmm. but we do have the National Emphasis Program. So they do recognize it as a hazard mm-hmm. and um, are wanting to make sure that people voice that concern because, um, as you said, with the National Emphasis Program, they can go out and do inspections. But it helps that if there are people having issues with heat illness, you know, that type of thing, to file complaints, you know, Mm -hmm. because get to the places where it's a problem. Yeah. You know, right. That that is the difficult part. Yeah. And just making sure that they know that that emphasis program is is there. And even though we don't have a standard, it it is a recognized hazard. Mm -hmm. I think most people know that now because it has been around for a while. Yeah, undoubtedly. Hopefully. And like you said, I mean, the summers have been crazy, crazy mm-hmm. hot. And uh, so, yeah, I don't think that one's going away anytime soon. No, no. I, and I know there is rulemaking underway. They've been attempting yeah. to develop and, and uh, promulgate a, a regulation Standard, for right. heat, which um, is interesting. That's a, that's a unique one, man. And I don't, you know. It I is. Mean, it is. And there's uh, some state plans like Cal, Cal OSHA mm-hmm. that, that they do have heat standards. They already have standards yeah. in and place. And I think Oregon and Washington do as mm-hmm. well. I would be interested to know. Well, I guess I could go find out if I was actually interested. I could go read those regulations and see what they entail. Yeah, and I. Do. But I wonder what their what the evaluation looks like. Has it been useful and successful in reducing the to the point where I mean, you know, I, I know that uh, I can remember our buddy Phil one time. Even back when I was with OSHA, he did a heat investigation related to a fatality, I believe. And if you, you know, based on the numbers and his evaluation, if you looked at the ACGIH, you know, heat recommendations, I think the company could work for five minutes and had to take 55-minute breaks. You know, I mean, it was maybe not quite that extreme, but, but I mean, that's at some point, when it gets really hot, the recommendations are almost crippling. You know, you can't really work. And so I just wonder what they're going to do with that. You know, when you reach, because it's not, I mean, we had 100 degree days here consistently for a while this right. summer in Omaha. And we certainly have humidity issues as well. So if you're following guidelines like that, you may not be able to work, and that we certainly don't want that to happen. So right. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, me coming from construction, we did this well before you know heat was really a, an issue, mm-hmm. and you start earlier, right? You know, in the day, and, right? And try to avoid those hours where it's most hot, that peak heat hour. And, and we yeah. did that years ago before mm-hmm. you know it was even an issue, right? And it may not be fun getting up at four in the morning to go to work, but you appreciate it after you get there and you're getting off before the sun's really, mm-hmm. you know, a, an issue. Right. So there's ways. It's been to going on. Come from, around. I mean, yeah. people understand that. I mean, right. I don't think they really are oblivious to the impact of heat like that. So yeah. it's just such a different, you know, when, when each individual has different sensitivity to the heat and each individual's previous 24 hours impacts their sensitivity to heat. If you'd been up all night, if you'd been out, if you didn't, you know, didn't get good sleep, right. maybe you'd been to a party or something yeah. or whatever the case might be, 
it is there are so many variables in that that right. it's really challenging. It sure is, yeah. And we talk I know that you do this as well, but when I talk with people about heat, we talk a lot about, you know, the previous night. Yes. The, yeah. And no, the impact you're absolutely that has right. On, absolutely. On your day. Medications that you yeah. might be taking. Sure. Any number of things. And yeah. so it's so complex. It is complex. It's not just, you know, don't work when it's hot. Right. You know, it's really yeah. difficult. But I know, hey, the agency is and it's ed- educating it. workers on just recognizing signs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know your tool buddies. You know mm-hmm. if they've been out the night before mm-hmm. and kind of just watching out for one another, yeah. you know. and That's a big, you're right. Um, just taking that break, knowing the signs of, you know, heat illness before it happens. I think that's a big part. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You've been busy. I have been. I mean, this is way... I, I don't I don't know. I don't want to say like I'm too busy. I don't have time to do anything, but we have been busy. Can't it seems like OSHA has so many campaigns, which is great. Right. And you know the the staff is limited mm-hmm. and uh but we're always out there trying to getting numbers to reach getting numbers, yeah. <laughs> no, limited in, the staff is limited in numbers or just aptitude. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> not teasing, man. I I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I, I love yeah. I love my OSHA friends, man. You know that. No, I I do. We appreciate it. Uh, having the relationship here, and I know uh, the Omaha area office is is interested in developing the relationship. I hope with so. You as well, I, too. as I said, I know that people are really hungry for information from the agency. It was always the most popular session at any conference I went to. The OSHA, OSHA update. Too. If the area director would, were to show up, everybody was there yeah. because, like Matt, you know, here in Omaha. Everybody wants to hear from the authority, from the leadership. And yep. so I know that uh, we did a reasonably good job of that when I was with the office. You know, I mean, we tried to get out in front of people all the time. And yep. I know you guys are doing that. There's a concerted effort to do that. Yep. Our regional administrator, Billy Kaiser. I don't uh, know Billy, but I've heard great things about she her. Is, she is great. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on camera here. But, 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 <laughs> right. she, but she is. No, I've heard that too. She is like, I, I attend this one meeting monthly. It's the Labor Management Council there in Kansas City. And it's made up of management folks. And, the, and this is construction uh, committee. And union folks mm-hmm. attend this meeting as well as other entities. And they asked me if she would come and just introduce herself and kind of speak. And she had no problem doing it. And it was a great meeting. Fantastic. You know, just getting out and meeting our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it means a lot to them when the leadership, because they see me all the time. Mm-hmm. And they hear my messages over and over and over again. But it does mean a lot when it comes from leadership. Huge. And and know that they're committed to it as well. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've heard great things about her, man. And yep. just the regional office in general. I mean, there's been quite a bit of turnover since yeah, I since left. I even come back. There has. has there? Yeah. Yeah. And some, some of the folks that I came in with, I mean, even in the local area office, as you know, Darwin is retiring. Yeah. Big D. I mean, I mean, he yeah. has been... In that Staple office, I mean, there. for I don't know when he started. He started long before I started with the agency. I think in '96, so okay. he's been there. Yeah, a long time. in the early '90s, maybe, and he's finally um, yeah in the plug. In the next month, I know mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I can't believe it. So all of the all of the old folks, and so I think people that don't know leadership in the region or in the area office need to you know find out who those people are, meet with them when they can. You know, if there, if you have an opportunity to speak with one of the leadership of your local office, or if you can speak with your CAS or any, you should have a relationship with the office. Please reach out to us. I mean, we're I think one of the few 
regions that has a CAS in every area office. Mm-hmm. So yeah, reach out. Cool. I mean, we're here to to assist, not mm-hmm. just enforce. How, how do they get a hold of the office? I mean, can you? Are you able to give a office phone number? Do you know the office phone number? Not off the top of my head. I don't know the, I don't know the Omaha area office. No, not Omaha. I can give them the Omaha yeah, area. Well, what I about can, the region? How, sure. If they wanted to get a hold of the region. They can, I do can, you know your number? I phone? do know my number. Okay. And they can reach out to me, and okay. I, can, I can put them in contact with of their course. local CAS. How would, they, how would they reach you uh, if you, they wanted you to? You can reach me at 816-502-9034, and you can even call my mobile phone, 816-681-2640. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And please do, because we want to, we want to hear from those that that want to hear our message. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're trying to reach um, underserved, vulnerable populations, right? And 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 maybe small businesses that are just starting up. I know you've had on-site consultation on here. Mm-hmm. They do you a know, great job. We, yeah. I always, every time I'm doing a like an OSHA update or or anything that even with unions, I tell them, hey, if you have small businesses. You work in a high-hazard industry, being construction. Here is a resource that is free and confidential mm-hmm. to your employers and will, you know, so that they don't have to fear OSHA. Right. Do the right thing. And so I, I am always pushing on-site Good for you, man. I, I totally agree. And, you know, Jim Cover is the, the program manager here in Nebraska. He's been yeah. a friend of mine for you know, a long, long time. We kind of started together, he with the state and me with the feds. Okay. And we're both pump hangers, you know, IHs, and so we went to a lot of training together. And um, <laughs> I really appreciate what they do. I know there are still people who are reluctant to contact OSHA consultation. Sure. They fear that There's- connection with the government, whether it be the feds or the state. But I'm telling you, um, the OSHA consultation program was well considered when they wrote the act back in '70 or whenever they wrote that thing, '69, '70. Yeah, and um, it is an incredibly valuable service. Yeah, I wish I wish more people would take advantage of it. That would be a nice guest for you to have as somebody that honestly, somebody that's used. Uh, yeah, that's on site gr- consultation. Yeah, yeah. And, and and promote it. To, well, it's one thing for Jim to come on and talk about the services, but, but it would somebody be somebody that's actually used it. That's a great idea. You tell me how to do my podcast. <laughs> that's right. No, that's a great <laughs> idea, man. I think that yeah. would be I think that would be really beneficial, and uh, maybe we bring on some of the union guys at some point. They sure. want to talk about yeah, what they're doing for safety awesome. and how that works, if they would be interested in doing something like yeah. that. I, I really, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that have a, an important message, and I just, you know, this is incredibly important. It's always important to hear what the agency is asking of us and yeah. what they need us to be doing. And Well, you know. and you know OSHA can't do it alone. OSHA is a small agency, and it, and it takes folks like you that's out there speaking with employers daily. You know, that's it takes that commitment you got to be committed to safety and health yeah truly and i'll add because i know when they initially requested this podcast um it was during safe and sound week mm-hmm. and you're familiar with that campaign that they yeah. do, and, and that's typically the the week is typically in august but they want us to make it an all-year thing not mm-hmm. just make it that week you know mm-hmm. and safe and sound is just about good having good safety and health programs mm-hmm. and if you don't Another good reason to use on-site consultation. They right. can help you with just that. Absolutely. If that's what you want. Um, and then not just management commitment, but getting employees involved, whether it's union or non-union. You know, get the – how better can you learn what hazards are out there than, than speaking with your workers? Mm-hmm. You know, Good for you, man. getting them involved, yeah. You really you're, – you're starting to get your hands around this stuff. I mean, I, you, <laughs> Dude, that, is this a more intelligent conversation I, than you were expecting? I had no idea what to expect. No, you know I'm kidding, man. But how, So how long have you been with the agency? 
on and off. So I I, I came to Ocean 2010. Okay. Uh, and then I left in 2016. Okay. For and a short stint. For a short stint, about mm-hmm. five years. And then I came back end of 21. Okay. As the regional compliance Good. assistance. I'm glad you're back, man. Thanks, man. You're, you're an important piece of this puzzle. So. I appreciate that. And 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 honestly, I I realize it too as somebody from labor, mm-hmm. how much that outreach is needed. Mm-hmm. Honestly, because I, again, I think people within OSHA feel that the unions know how to file complaints. They know we tell them all the time, but those turnovers that they have, and you know, with personnel that they don't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I do I do outreach a lot, and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing how much of the elementary stuff that we know as OSHA folks they don't know. Yeah, uh, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about OSHA, but certainly misconceptions within OSHA about the regulated community. Exactly, like you said, what they know and and don't know, and we're sitting waiting for them to call, and when they don't, <laughs> we assume everything is fine. And exactly right, but That's they're really not always the case. Yep, fully understanding how that system works. Yep, interesting. Yeah. Good man. Got any plans for the weekend? Are you a football guy? Are you a Nebraska you know, football fan? No, I'm not. A, not like you guys are pretty pretty big up here. Um, I'm, going a, home? I'm actually a Bears fan. Are Even, you? Good yeah, for little, you. I just grew up in Indiana, mm-hmm. you know, and that's before the Colts came there. Mm-hmm. So I just have always stayed a Chicago Bears. Fan. Yeah, uh, but I do like the Chiefs. Don't get me wrong, love the Chiefs. Sure. Yeah, uh, they're fun. It's a, yeah, it's a good group. They win pretty regularly, so they're fun. <laughs> Super I mean, Bowl champs. Yeah, we like to root for winners. <laughs> That's I mean. right. But I, I've always kind of liked the Bears, too. I was a Dick Butkus guy yeah. back in the old, okay, old yeah. days. Yeah. You know, I'm a Walter were... Payton. He's my all-time favorite football yeah. player in the world. Well, I'm they've sure. had some amazing people in yeah. on the Bears, you know, part of that organization. So yeah. they're easy to root for. Yeah, it's, it's tough here That's recently, cool. though, but... It has been a little, <laughs> little rough. I'm a Buckeye too, right? You know, oh, so I, I, I didn't know that. Spent oh. some time at Ohio State. Well, being from, I'm a Big Ten guy, so uh-huh. I'm an, I, my wife's a Purdue grad. Oh, really? I, I went to IU for one semester. No kidding. So you have an affiliation <laughs> with IU. You can claim them. Yeah. All right. That's right. Good. I am an IU fan. If college football's on, or definitely basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm watching the Hoosiers. Yeah, I think I, I, I think Ohio State has Notre Dame. They are always good. I hate the Buckeyes. Both of these teams are in the top ten, and they're they're out in South Bend, so it'll be quite a game. That will be. Buckeyes are good. They're good. There's got a new quarterback, so there's always some there's some time breaking the new guy in, you know. But they've got some pretty decent specialty players, skill players, and stuff. And Notre Dame looks really tough. I've got a good buddy Aaron, who's a Notre Dame fan, so we've been kind of you know each year we look forward to this. Do you uh, go there? Uh, my wife loves to go to the games. My wife will occasionally go to Columbus okay. or even she'll go. I mean, she's been to, she went to the 2002 national championship oh. game. She went to the 2014 national. Nice. I stay home and watch it on the couch. <laughs> gotcha. I'm, I, I'm a couch watcher. Right. You know, I prefer to be, you know, the older I get, I'm the same way. It is big crowds <laughs> yeah. are not my thing. <laughs> Me either. I hear you. The good news is I never draw a big crowd. So. <laughs> I did not know you were a Buckeye, though. So that, yeah, man. I, I went to graduate school at Ohio State. I'll be darned. Yep. yep. So, yeah. So I, And I lived in Columbus for 12 years. Met my wife out there. I'll you know. So, yeah, yeah. I've got some ties to Columbus. Big 10 so. country, yeah. Big 10 country. Yep. Which is interesting because now that we've invited all these West Coast teams into the Big 10. It's crazy. You know, the USC, UCLA, all Oregon, and Washington. They're all coming to the Big 10. Well, even throughout the country, just the way they've reorganized, you know, all the different, uh, what do you call those? The conferences. conferences or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is just 
changed dramatically. It is. It's weird. Interesting. Yeah. Well, man, it's always good to see you, brother. Yeah, you too. I appreciate I, your coming up. Yeah. I appreciate you spending some time with Dan and and introducing him because, yeah, uh, I mean, as corny as it sounds, man, I mean, we all want the same thing, right? Yeah. We all right. want safe workplaces, sure. safe and healthy work. I mean, workers. I mean, yeah. we're all working on that same thing. So thanks for coming up. Thanks for having um, me. Appreciate it. This will be really, uh, this will be, you'll probably be. A celebrity on Monday morning. Wake <laughs> or up. fired one <laughs> or of the other. <laughs> no, man, you didn't say anything that's going to get you in okay, trouble. Okay, good. I, I was think. trying to watch. Monday. Really good information. I appreciate good. it. Thanks, Doug. Have a safe trip home. Thank you, sir. Everybody have a great weekend. You are doing really important work, so keep up the good work. And uh, we will talk to you next Friday. Thanks, everybody. A Huda Media Production.